of Mid-Year with the players are loud. And um, man, what a what a fun day this is going to be. I've got the amazing Tom Knight with me today. And uh, so great to, to have him here. Tom and I, I think, honestly, man, um, I'm, I'm sort of going quickly through in my head. I've known you the longest and worked with you the longest out of out of anybody else that that played on this album we've got a long we've got a long history together and um so much to talk about there but man thank you so much for for being here oh, of course man i wouldn't miss this for the world <laughs> awesome so you're all set up there it looks like in your i know you got an amazing um studio at your house and and um tom it tom is so unique amongst um my friends and and musicians alike, because my wife and I talk about this all the time, (laughs) just, man, it doesn't matter what, what, what you decide to do, like you'll pick something up and then next thing you know, you've mastered it. And then you move on to something else. I can't drums came to you. So, so music drums came to you so naturally video editing. the, The work I've seen you do is, is absolutely amazing. Some people may not even know, that you even do that kind of stuff. The um, health and fitness thing, we both have martial arts backgrounds. I know you excelled in that. Uh, dude, what the heck is in your DNA or what are you eating that allows you to be so good at everything? Is oh. it, and, and, and on a serious note, I mean, I, you know, I say this with respect, but like, or I ask this with respect, is this all about work ethic or is, or is there, there's something going on? <laughs> Yeah, I think um, back in our day, if I may sound like back in my day, we used to walk uphill <laughs> both directions. And walk. <laughs> no, in our day, they, they we called it focus. I think yeah. that's all it is. Now they call it all kinds of bad things like obsessive compulsive disorder. I'm sure ah. I'm sure people now would probably try to like dump meds down my throat. Um, no, I, I think it was just. Well, there's a little bit of a perfectionistic tendency, I think, implicit in us. Sure. I'm going to bump you into that category because we're, man, we are so much alike. Man. Um, I think there's that, you know, just sort of this unwillingness to accept anything less than the best that we know we can do. Um, plus, we like challenges. Uh, yeah. We're long haul people. We, you know, we're not afraid of a long, long journey. And let's face it, music is a very, very long journey, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, so I think that's all it is. And then there's a little bit of a wandering mentality, you know, leaf blowing in the wind, honestly. So, uh, which, you know, my wife likes to say, look, you need to focus. <laughs> Speaking of the word focus. Yeah. And when she uses that word, she means, you know, please pick a lane. Yeah. Stay in it. But in our younger years, yeah, man, the focus was wherever, whatever we were interested in at that time. And video editing came about kind of accidentally i mean i was just trying to get out on the road again and mm. that all these uh, record labels and managers were looking at electronic press kits and so i'm like okay i guess i gotta make one of those and they're really expensive back then i checked with a lot of the the local atlanta-based videographers and video production companies and you know we're talking 10 20 grand back then so i just bought a book from a bookstore remember those and, uh, <laughs> vaguely how to use some software yeah right you know it's, uh, now it's all yeah, i mean you just grab your phone and do it but back then it was not that easy and so you had to learn and i just kind of 
fell down rabbit holes one after another, you know, and, and, and would, you know what it was, it wasn't really the pursuit of excellence or anything like that. I really was just, I would find somebody that was doing something that I thought was really, really good. And then you know, I would just try to imitate that. I mean, imitation, I'm, I'm 52 years old and I'm still imitating my heroes. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to put this out there. Don't, don't let anybody tell you that that's bad. It's yeah. not. That's how we learn to speak as babies, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I just think that that's still true today. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, there's there's a there's an endurance element that that comes along with you'd mentioned like the long haul, you know, being willing to to go. It's it's man, it's sometimes it's it's tough when when the challenge has you going uphill for a while and and um, you know, you, it feels like you you can uh, momentarily hit many crossroads on whether to continue or jump off and and, and switch directions or switch lanes, you know, uh, to to use your, your term there. But what do you think it is that that has? Um, I still I still can't help but but kind of hold you uh, uh, slightly apart as someone that you've got an exceptional level of focus, you know, like because uh, I agree with you one hundred percent. There's, you know, you've got to be dedicated to it, um, embracing challenges, um, really, really wanting to fulfill this, this, this objective of getting to a certain place. But I'm just, I got, I'm curious, was that instilled in you at a young age by, by family members? Is that just, you just, as far back as you can remember, you were willing to, to go the distance? No, I, I mean, yeah, I had, I had, of course, my parents and grandparents, especially tried to instill, you know, those kinds of values, but they didn't really have to do that that much with me. The first creative endeavor that I can recall was I was six years old and my grand, my granddad got a new Bell and Howell movie projector, you know, for those old little three minute, uh, I want to say cassettes, reels of film that had no audio or anything like that i got his old one and along with it a woody woodpecker cartoon film Hmm. like bonafide woody woodpecker cartoon i became engrossed in that to the point where i would take scissors and slice out frames of the film and look at them and try the, yeah. I would try to draw Woody Woodpecker and I would, okay, I want to, okay, let me get a different one. I mean, it was, it was just totally destructive. My parents were like, what are you doing? You're, you're <laughs> this film. But my granddad was like, oh, let him, I don't care, you know, let him do it. And I think that was the first instance of me trying really, really hard to recreate something that I, like I said before, that I thought was really cool. For some reason, I thought Woody Woodpecker was like this cool character. Yeah. And I got to the point where I could draw a, a generic Woody Woodpecker that looked a lot like the cartoon to the point where my first grade friends, students in the first grade would line up at my desk with paper and <laughs> I would draw one after another. I mean, they, that's amazing. They thought that was cool. And I think there was a reward, like a dopamine hit maybe from that. Yeah. That could have been it. I don't really know, but that's that element of, okay, I got to get this just right. You know, again, they call it, it's labeled as perfectionistic and that's bad, you know, but that's really all it ever was. And I think just anywhere I pointed my nose that whatever was being targeted got hit with that same level of of uh, aggression. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, Man, 
I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the, the significance of today and another reason why I'm, I'm so glad to have you specifically on today. And, and, and uh, uh, we're, we're actually we're recording this on January 7th, and it's the uh, first anniversary of Neil Peart's death. And um, right. you I remember when I when I first met you and, and first heard you play and, and, and we started to uh, we started hanging in a particular, you know, musical circle with, with some like-minded folks. And, and you were, man, you, oh, sorry. That was so unexpected and rude on me. Uh, you were, you were known um, among other things as uh, somebody who could play the Neil Peart solos and licks note for note. And that's, that had to have taken an incredible amount of focus and dedication, but I didn't, I didn't ever knew anybody else that, that could do that. And I, I remember seeing you play the Neil Peart solo way back in the day and thinking, man, this, this guy is, this guy's the real deal. He's, he's serious. Um, and, and you, you mentioned emulation. And so putting all the pieces together, I, I have to assume at some point you were wanting to emulate Neil because you, you freaking mastered his playing back then. It was crazy. absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> a buddy of mine in high, uh, no, yeah, it was high school. <laughs> uh, Paul Kurtz was the guy who introduced me to Rush. And of course, I immediately, I think this was 81 or 82. Moving Pictures was out, right? Oh, yeah. so YZ was a big part of that for me, that, that big part of that record. And then, of course, Exit Stage Left, where he played his solo in that song yeah just iconic stuff right right i mean all of his solos were amazing but for me that was the one that that was that first love right that first hit and i'm like okay i gotta be able to do that and of course i didn't i had a drum set about this size and over the next four or five years back then we didn't have middle school it was k through seven was elementary eight through twelve five years of high school it took me the entire five years to acquire all those drums, you know, through birthdays, Christmases, and eventually a job, maybe, you know, I'd make some money and go buy a cymbal or something. But eventually I amassed all the requisite drums to pull that off. The only thing I didn't get were the big giant gong bass drums. Okay. But everything else I had, <laughs> and, uh, and it took about that long too, to get all the technique together. Because, you know, when I first started in the eighth grade, listening to Neil, I had only been playing drums for about two years for real. Wow. You know, so of course, no second year drummer, I don't think anyway, is going to be able to do what Neil was doing. At least I, nobody I knew could do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I had an uphill battle and, and it took about as long to learn as it did to acquire <laughs> yeah. drums. But yeah, I, I, I had an old record player that would slow down to 16 so I would put the 33 and a third. Yeah, this story is already amazing. Talking about slowing down the record player. It's so cool. I mean, you know, and you, and, and then all of a sudden floor toms sound like kick drums and, you know, splash cymbals sound like big giant crashes. So you had to kind of figure out, okay, what drum is that? You know, that, you know, trial and error. It's why it took years, you know? Um, mm. you know so that, that's all. And, and I really, I was really cognizant. I remember, being cognizant of his stretching time here and there. Oh yeah, yeah. 
do that, I would try really hard to stretch the time at the exact same place he was stretching the time. And then what I would start to do, if, if I may belabor you even more, please, um, I would set up uh, a boom box next to the speaker. Okay. So I could, I would hear the music in my headphones, but the speakers were also pumping it out also. So I would set up strategically a boom box next to the drum set that would pick up the sounds of the drums and the sounds of the record. And the idea was I was trying to literally like not have any notes. Let me see. We can do this over here. Not have any notes that flam, try to get yeah. look more or sound more like this than right. that. Right. Oh, and, and I would listen back. I, I would record and listen back for absolute precision and perfection. Here's the downside, though. When you do that a lot for as many years as I did, you never discover who you are as mm. a player. Mm. I, I, so I would get into uh, bands with friends and not know what to do. Now, I don't want to try to make it sound like I re regret the process that I sure. went through. Sure, sure. But there, but it it had some it had a it had a drawback, and that was the main one. It's like, who am I as a drummer? You know, sure, I can Gosh, so much, so many profound things in in what you just talked about in that in that story. Um, number one, just the level of of precision and dedication. All you aspiring musicians out there, I mean, I hope you caught what what he was talking about. I mean, to to take things down to the you know the, the actual matching of variances in time um, you know that's that's not something that a lot of people pursue <laughs> as 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 seriously as as Tom did but um, man I still relate to you because you talk about you know at being in that emulative state and learning things so accurately and then you're not it, the time you're spending on that you're not necessarily pursuing or um, or building on what your own individual voice is. And I remember for myself and just um, at least my perspective as a bass player, I, when I, when I was really young and starting out, I didn't have, a, you know, mentors around me to, to kind of help direct me and, okay, these are, these, this is a good class of competencies for you to, to be well-rounded in. you need to work on technique and, uh, harmony and theory and tone and all these things. All I did was I listened to these bands that I idolized like Rush. Getty Lee was my first bass idol, still is. I, I love, love everything that, that, that he's done. But I got, I was so fascinated and enamored by like the flash of what I was hearing, you know, things that were flashy and, and, vir, you know, virtue, virtuosic, you know? And so my, my first perception was, that, oh, to be a great musician, I have to be an amazing technician. And so I spent so many hours trying to play cleaner and faster and all of that stuff without even thinking about things like pocket or tone. And that affected in the same way you're talking about, like sort of delaying the voice sort of nurturing. It was doing the same thing for me. And it wasn't until I finally... Um, you know, had had like a music mentor and was listening to a more diverse collection of, of, of influences that I started to even think about that that stuff. So like you, I don't I don't regret the the hundreds or thousands maybe of hours spent working that stuff up and building up the headroom, but it, it just put off my 
my creative journey just, just a little bit. <clears throat> I always describe it as that I spent all those years learning how, but I never considered for one moment why. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. Why is this player playing that? Why does that work there? And it, what really sent that off in my head was, you know, taking some of these things that I would learn from Neil and then later Dave Weckl. Um, he was the next huge inspiration for me. And I did the same thing with him, would copy note for note everything that I could get my hands on that I had time to <laughs> yeah. learn because, again, you know, the older you get, the more responsibilities you have and the less time you can do that, right? But uh, I started to realize, wow, I can't just take this thing that I learned and stick it over here. It doesn't really work. Why did it work? Oh, why? why? That's what I need to be thinking about, the why, right? Yeah. So that then became the quest. And I'm going to bring Bill Buchanan into the conversation here. Yeah, we'll have an interview with him it's, uh, soon, too. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, since he's this, uh, helped you sing uh, Beat of My Heart, yeah, uh, which I think I got this right. You actually wrote the riff. Bill fell in love with it, wrote the song for Skin Deep, which yeah. I recorded on the original track. Yeah. Oh, this was such a, oh, it's yeah, just, it's a really cool, um, uh, what, what, a, you know, reunion reassembly yeah. of, 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 of the, uh, of the past for, with all yeah. of that. We want to talk about that track in a minute, but, but, uh, real quick about Bill, I was definitely in the height of that technical growth and hadn't really started the question why yet. And I remember Bill coming into the jazz performance room at Georgia State University. And he had heard about me, I guess, through Rob Clayton, who was the yeah. original drummer for Skin Deep. Yeah. And he was like, all right, man, let me hear what you got. And so I did my usual display of whatever chops I thought was, you know, would sound cool or that I was working on at the time. And I stopped and I'll never forget what he said. I will never forget this. It was the most humbling it hurt on the inside he didn't mean it to hurt but it hurt really hard on the inside but it, i never forgot it he goes man play me something i can dance to man <laughs> gosh i i was crushed all at once but i kind of knew he was right i'm like you know what nobody really cares about what i can do except other drummers who maybe can't do it yet the guys who can do it are like mm, yeah, I got it. I know what you're doing. I've been, mm. Right. And I wasn't. So what was the point? So right then and there, I think it was like 1988, 87, something like that. A long time ago. That was my first kind of wake up call. Like, dude, what are you doing? You know, we really need to start thinking about more than just the technical prowess part of this game. Yeah. Wow. So it's so cool. And then, you know, I know that, um, during that that time that was those were massive development years for for all of us that were in that that circle there was a lot going on there was a pretty healthy um uh music scene in, in atlanta that that was happening um you know you mentioned you mentioned skin deep i mean all everybody and their brother wished they were in skin deep you know they they had there was a uh they had this like chic reputation of, of being um, they were the sophisticated, you know, freaking awesome band that, that was rocking. They were funky. 
Uh, they were fun. You know, they they were passionate, you know, and, and uh, playing well back then, um, you know, like you remember the cotton club yeah, and, and remember going to see skin deep at, at, at the cotton club. It was just this huge celebrated event. And, you know, you yep. go in there and you're just shoulder to shoulder and, you know, I'm not a tall guy. I'm like trying to, you know, jump up in the air. I'm in the back, you know, looking. Right. But, um, but yeah. And then, and then uh, those of us that, that, you know, were in that, that circle who, who ultimately ended up sort of, you know, interacting with and playing with and all that other stuff like yourself. Um, we were learning a lot from each other, man. You know, like we were, we were, for me, I, I guess I, I, I don't want to be so bold as to speak for you, but, but for me, it was like, I was, there was, there was the side of me that was really interested and fascinated with, with jazz and fusion. And that was something that, that um, we could, we could play together. I remember me, you and Bobby Rogers playing together a lot, play, you know, really, we, it was like, we were like, it's like we were going to the gym when we had band yeah. rehearsal. We really were, we were working out, man, really trying to, to challenge ourselves. And then but we then there was work out by running your neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> That's Never. right. That's yeah. right. Dude, I forgot about that. Yeah. But, but that, and then we had, um, th there was a, there was the R and B influence and the funk and the funk influence that was going on with some of the other people that we were hanging with. It was just, yeah. yeah, it was just an exciting time. I want to take this moment to say something to you and to anybody watching. I, I feel like this needs to be said and has needed to be said for decades. You are the reason I ever made it in this business. Oh, dude. No, you are. Let me tell you why. First of all, it was your first record, Liquid Blue and all the other subsequent albums that gave me a chance to express what I had learned up to that point, both technically, emotionally, answering that question, why, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that got me enough recognition as a player uh, to acquire my first endorsement with Vic Firth and then later Yamaha and then later Zildjian and then even later Remo. Um, but also you were the one that told me you need to be in skin deep. I think on one of our jogs mm -hmm. around your neighborhood, I mentioned that Nick called me and asked to be in the band and I rejected him. Like I said, nah, uh, Rob was somebody, a one of a kind dude. I don't huge shoes to fill. The guy was a, a soulful singer. He played from the heart things that I did not feel at all equipped to even attempt let alone successfully pull off. And you were like, no, you need to do it. You need to do it. And I remember thinking, okay, I need to, I guess so. And so I called him back and, you know, the rest is history. But so, so you helped propel this part of my career as a, as a legit player in a, in a world of, of difficult music and, and a lot of appreciation for that. But then you also helped propel this other side of my career, which ended up, landing me TLC gigs, Monica, Stevie Nicks, and all these others, because it was skin deep, which again, you said, join, make sure you <laughs> don't miss this opportunity. That's what launched 
that part of my career because of Dallas Austin. Dallas Austin saw Skin Deep, loved uh, Terrence, signed him as a solo artist. I ended up playing drums on that record. And you see what I mean? So, I mean, this all comes back down to you. So Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that you know that you have all of my respect, admiration, and thanks. None of this would have happened. None of this would have happened if it wasn't for my friendship with you, man. Well, I'm, I mean, I, I, number one, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm deserving, but I'm humbled that you would say that. Thank you so much. But, um, but man, you know, you, you're, you're the one that, that had the talent and you're the one who, who made it happen. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm blessed and grateful that, you know, we've been a part of each other's musical journey together and, and, yeah. But man, seriously, I, I am I am humbled. Th- thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. I don't. Yeah, that, that's super kind of you to say. Um, yeah, man, it's it's uh, as as we get older, and you know, everybody, you know, we we have families, we have other responsibilities, and you know, people move out of state, and uh, you know, it's like we're kind of sometimes observing more more from a distance, and it's. Man, it's so cool to see, uh, you know, players and friends that, that, that you've worked with, you see them, see them succeed and do other things. And, 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 you know, you get to celebrate that and, uh, and man, yeah, you know, you, you, you're no exception, uh, to, to the, the idea that, um, you know, music is kind of what music's brought our friendship together and then it's cool how it's paved different paths for 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 us to go and and um i don't know man it's just i I reflect on that stuff all the time now you know i've had enough having enough years behind me now to where it's like you know you just you think about different things it's there's more to life than even just music obviously and and um I, i love how you've you've expanded into these these other areas um, which leads me to my next question about your T-shirt. <laughs> mm. uh, this killing video series, if, yeah. If that stuff wasn't enough, you know, uh, you're now this. You're like a nutrition and, and workout guru. Tell us about that, man. Where the heck did that come from? Well, as you know, um, from our jogging days, and from, <laughs> you know, we were always. Let me see if I can. I've got my belts here. Let me see if I can. Oh, sweet. There they are. Yeah. Hang it up on the, yeah, love yeah. it. Love it. Now, if I can get the camera back where it was. <laughs> um, and, and of course I can't. Sorry, guys. Uh, okay. Trying to have a nice little scene here. Yeah, it looks great. Um, yeah. I, we were always fascinated with fitness, right? And, and I mean, there's just, I think it's just another extension of that mindset of, hey, let me see if I can train my body to do something that it was not meant originally to do, or I shouldn't say not meant to do, but was not innately capable of. Let's say Mm. that nobody's born with the ability to play drums, at least I I don't think so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that was, as we said, a lifelong uh, effort to train. And it's still I still practice, you know, trying to get better. Um, And so my recent foray into gymnastics style training is just another example of, okay, let me see if I can get my body to do these things that it was not really designed to do or, or, or isn't very well equipped naturally to be able to do. And 
it's just like music it's a lifelong pursuit and it's very frustrating just like music was you know i mean what nobody sees is you know from the drumming perspective is how many times i would throw my sticks across the room <laughs> mad cussing right. just go to bed and feel like i'm a loser but then wake up the next morning and like nail a take in the first try and yeah and then wonder why that happened and if it's ever going to happen again and of course it doesn't um you know how that works mm. hope you hit record because that was it <laughs> all, all that okay this is a, this is just more of that um and so i i was just so attracted to what people half my age were being were, were able to do with their bodies and if i may elaborate just a little bit more the thing about weightlifting we did weightlifting and 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 things like that and karate of course the problem for me with weightlifting is that the body remains largely motionless and the apparatus moves, mm -hmm. okay, right? The weight moves. But with gymnastics, the apparatus does not move. Floor, bars, rings. The body does all the moving, which is insanely more difficult mm. because every single exercise now incorporates the entire body. Uh, whereas, you know, with the exception of maybe deadlifts or squats, most of the rest of weightlifting involves isolating muscle groups. But but that is just not the case in any, not even a single one of the gymnastic maneuvers, even the wow. simple. It yeah, that's an amazing point. Yeah. And so, so, so not only does the whole body get a workout the entire time, which strengthens your joints, it strengthens your connective tissue, obviously strengthens your muscles, but it also strengthens your core both front, sides, and back, all of it, not just the abs. All the way down from, you know, from your head to your toes, everything is, everything matters. And in fact, if you're not thinking about the whole body, sometimes the technique won't even work when that is all it needed. You know, maybe you, maybe you actually have the requisite strength, but the technique is not there. Hmm. It's just such a huge challenge. And I love a huge challenge. I, I'm just weird like that. I like things that people say can't be done. Oh, really? Okay, give me a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I finally did, man. Like, there's a couple of there's a couple of things that after several years of work, I finally did achieve. I finally did a handstand for one whole minute, unassisted handstand, freestanding handstand for a full minute. Mm. I I did a, a a human flag, which is you know, for eight seconds, which is where you, on a vertical pole, you're holding it and your entire body is shaped like a star and it just, it just sticks out. Yeah, and most people Photoshop those and, and you did it for real. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and uh, I remember on the video that I posted, I, I wore sunglasses for two reasons. I wanted it to look cool, but two, I, want, I didn't want people to, to see quite just how much the struggle. <laughs> your eyes how, how struggle it's such a struggle like i tried to maintain this smile but really i'm just like oh my goodness you know? uh because it's so hard but that's what i love about it. i love things that are just that require maximum effort and i don't mean to steal deadpool's phrase but <laughs> every single thing i do out there uh and i say out there because most of my workout is done outside um the bars the rings um it requires every ounce of strength that i have every time and mm. i love that i just i just love that that's I, awesome 
So that, of course, leads me to the inevitable question of what has been your, what's been the most difficult or the most challenging challenge? Uh, is it, has it been related to drums, gymnastics? What, what is the hardest thing you've attempted? Gosh, that's a great question, man. Okay. Um, wow, that is, that's an amazing question. I can probably best answer that if it's okay in each category. Sure. Yeah. Love to hear it. Okay. So for drumming, let's start there since that was the, that was the first love. Yep. The hardest thing I ever had to learn was, uh, speedy double bass mm. and I, I just i i don't know that was the hardest thing for me to acquire and i had to acquire it in 88 because i toured with hallow's eve and they had oh, one yeah. song that rob clayton the drummer for skin deep he was yeah. also the drummer for hallow's eve i did the tour he did the record i did the tour he played some really speedy double double kick and i had i had to work for six months to get just the, the i think 16 bar phrase that he had at the end of one of their songs called speed freak mm -hmm. um and as i was able to get it for the shows and then prompt it promptly disappeared because i stopped working on it well yeah. thanks a lot rob clayton it happened again in a song called taboo in skin deep <laughs> yeah, i remember you are bringing back memories because I remember talking to you about this and um, commiserating over the the challenge, and and I remember you talking about how how difficult that that was. Well, and 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 I got this is what's so amazing about it. I the way things worked for me in Skin Deep. I would work, 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 fail, 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 fail. And then it would just suddenly work. Things would just suddenly snap into place. Double kick was like that. I sucked, sucked, sucks. And then one day it just worked. Like yeah. I just, my body just got it. And it was amazing because I felt like I could do anything. Almost like what I could do with my hands, I was doing with my feet. I'm like, this is total freedom. This is amazing. Wow. I got, I got lazy. I was like, I got it. It's done. That is so not true. Mm. I didn't work on it and it fell away and I just, I never, I never got it back. So a lot, I mean, I didn't try to get it back. Let's, let's be, let's be honest. I just like, I got lazy and I stayed lazy, but uh, so I found other ways to sort of get around <laughs> when that song would come up, I would, you know, use a floor Tom, I'd cheat, you know, or at some point we started playing like a, like a funk beat instead uh -huh. of, was kind of, again you know some people like that i i knew it wasn't really what it was supposed to be yeah um but it kind of fell away and, and uh and so so that would have been the hard the most difficult struggle i ever i ever had mm. on the drums yeah yeah bringing it to the present um i think that the hardest struggle that i currently have is in the execution of what's called a front lever so a front lever is, if you can just imagine reaching up to a horizontal bar with straight arms, you're not allowed to have even a, even a little bit of bend. It has to be elbows locked, right? So, right. Mm -hmm. And your body, you lift your body in a straight line, horizontal to the ground. So the only thing, so it's, this is what it, kind of what it looks like, you know, 
these are your arms. Mm-hmm. Your whole body is, is you go from this position to this position. Wow. That your, your arms never move. Your body goes from vertical to horizontal. And these, there are guys that can hold that for 30 seconds. Wow. I can't hold it. I can't hold it for a 10th of a second it mm. instantly, you know, and I've been kind of working on it on and off all these years, but I have, I have made a commitment for 21, 2021 by the end of this year, by any means necessary. I'm even if it's, if, even if it's the only thing I train, right. Uh, it's not I mean, if you got to staple boards to your back to hold it straight. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, everybody thinks it's an ab exercise. It's not. It's, it's really, it's really just. Can you pull your body weight with straight arms down towards your hips? Mm. Very, very few people are innately strong enough to do that. Uh, most weightlifters still can't do it. Mm. And it, yeah, it, it's and it's not a tech. There's no technique. I mean, it's it's brute pulling strength in a, in a direction that no one has really ever worked on. And so incredibly difficult. Yes. Yes. Uh, prior to that was, would be muscle ups. Uh, I got those though. Finally, you know, rings where you, you know, all the way, all the way above and below. Right. You know, it's a, it's a combination pull and then a push. Yeah. Really hard to do, uh, but I finally unlocked those. But you know, so if you'd asked me this a year ago, that would have been, you know. So I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna get it. Yeah. But man, oh, I'm sure you will. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a struggle. <laughs> man, let's um, let's talk a little bit about beat on my heart, um, because that uh, that's a special tune on on the record, um. And, and that is, you, I, thanks for bringing the story up, you know, before about how, how that stuff came to be and, and that, that particular song. It, as you said, it started with a guitar riff. Um, I forget, I remember, I remember the exact moment of, of being in this room uh, messing with, with Nick's guitar. Uh, I, I can't remember whose house it was or anything, but that, was, that started the evolution of, of that song. And so... What's is that back in the nineties? Definitely. I mean, I right? joined the band in ninety one and we played our first show in ninety-two. But I don't recall if we wrote it. Yeah, well, I'm gonna ask Bill when when I interview him to he'll I'm sure he'll remember. Yeah. But the the point being, um you were you were uh, an advocate uh, of the idea of of it was our email correspondence. You know, you were, you were reminding me of that song beat in my heart. And when we were, I mean, that's before the, this record was even really officially sort of planned out to be the type of record that, that it is. Um, that is a song that man, I, I, to me, it's like a drummer's delight. It's one of my favorite drum tracks on the record. I love uh, I love the I love the pocket of that tune that is somehow masterfully combined with incredible intensity and like forward movement. You gotta you gotta talk about your approach to that song and how you play it and make that happen. So I remember when you and I first started working on music together, and generally it would be you would have something like you would like big lips. You would have written a, an amazing song, and your brother would have created this equally amazing drum track <laughs> on a drum machine that I would be like, cool, 
I'm that's what I'm going to do, whatever. Yeah. He, I like it. Let's keep it. You know, it, it sounded better than anything I thought I could come up with. But that wasn't the case here. Right. So I said, OK, uh, what you know, what would Jason do? You know, <laughs> what would Jason have programmed, you know, yeah. uh, I don't know if I came close or not, but I do remember thinking that I remember thinking, okay, okay, this is a nitty thing, man. So what would, you know, and I just ended up going with what I was being exposed to at the time from the guys in skin deep, because remember I came from, as you just pointed out, like kind of mostly a rock and then a little bit of a contempt jazz by then. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, you got no soul. You got no fun. (laughs) So here's uh, a stack of CDs. <laughs> it was everything from, you know, Parliament Funkadelic, James Brown. Uh, oh, gosh. It, it, literally a big giant stack. And I, I remember, I'm going to digress for just a second. Because this is, I think this is part of the process that, that, that maybe needs to be told. I dismissed it all. Almost right out of the gate. I'm like, I don't, that's nothing. That's easy. That's just, right. you know, like right. a, <laughs> it's just backbeat. Hey, idiot. Right. Yeah. Then, like I said before, one day, oh, I feel it. That's the thing they were talking about. And I never unfelt it after that. Like, mm. so when I'd go back and listen to things that I had said or pl- things that I had played, I'm just like, if there's a way I could erase that. <laughs> oh my God. You know? And so, and by the way, singing was like that too. Um, Man, I, I was good. That was going to be my next question after this topic. We were going to, I wanted to ask you about the singing thing. That was, wasn't that kind of the impetus for you? This, this, the involvement with skin deep and that, that got you singing more, right? Is that, oh, that is the only, yeah. I, they are the they are the whole reason I ever got into singing and and now love it right, um, but there was a long couple of months there where it didn't look like it was going to happen and I remember I remember being in Nick's basement we, the way we would rehearse is we would practice all the music and then we would sit down in a circle and work on the singing right and and I just remember being reduced to tea I was just like literally tearing up i was so frustrated and sad also and just woe is me you know that, that same thing like when people don't see how many times you throw the sticks across the yeah. room you know uh and and I, I had found out later that that like after i left they were thinking they, they had a little powwow like man this might not work mm-hmm. well something happened overnight and the next day it sounded marvelous oh we, wow the harmonies were there. We were, we were meshing, we were gelling and to the point where they were like, what happened? I'm like, dude, I don't know, but let's keep going, you know? Mm. And it worked ever since from that moment on, it was never a problem, Mm. but it was, it was fail, 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 succeed as it would always be with me. Like it was never, it was never a bell shaped. It was always just, Just, why, why do you think that is? Uh, do, do you think it's a, a neurological-ish thing of the of the brain finally catching up with the ears or vice versa? Or do you think it's a, a process like that? Or I wish I knew. I'd 
believe me, if I if I thought I even if I even had a guess as to what I thought it was, I'd, I'd write a book and try to make money off of it. I've been fascinated by that because there's been a million times that I've had to. I, I just give up at some point practicing something, just going, okay, I'm not going to get this right now. I don't have the skill. Two weeks goes by. I don't touch it. I go to try to play it and I can play it magically. And I talk to people all the time who have a similar experience. I am maybe in 2021, one of my goals is going to be to find out <laughs> the science behind this because it's really <laughs> fascinating how things will align suddenly like in that way. Well, so and so with your riff, um, Bill played it, you know, uh, Nick played his part. And I thought, okay, so they're, they're doing something that's in unison here. I, I don't want to just play just a simple beat, but I don't want it to be so overly complex either, because that was something I was very guilty of. Let me see how many notes I can see. Yeah, sure. You know, so I just decided to accentuate what felt to me like the strong pulses within that phrase but then also keep an element of that funk feel that i now could not ignore that, that had suddenly made itself known to me and in, in, in a way that i would never forget yeah so, so everything from that point on needed to feel good you yeah. know in a way that i had never intended before sadly i'd never thought about trying to make something feel good yeah it's about am I technically executing this? No, 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 no. Does it feel right? And so now I, I do everything by feel, <laughs> even if the technique is ridiculous. Yeah. Does it feel right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then, then it's good. I'm good. If it feels good, we're done. And that was that was my strategy. And so it ended up just being you know, and that goes right along with with your yeah, it's it's so infectious, and I and I can't wait for everybody to to hear that song, whatever means uh, they they choose. Um, but yeah, beat of my heart. It, it's the the thing that always it's giving me chills right now. Like the the breakdown section for the solo, and you're it's like you are destroying the bell. Like in my mind, it's just such an aggressive, uh, assertive thing on the bell. And then there's this, this kick drum part that's kind of existing on its own in funk land. And it's got all this space. And Marcos Foley played this just glorious guitar solo over the tune. Um, he's, he's in the interview series as well, but uh, it just came together. So, so it was just so fun. And, and what a, what originally was kind of going to be like just a redo turned into a little bit of an altered arrangement. And um, one of the things I love about it is, is getting to sing with Bill on the song and, and those who, who hear the song here, I'm, I'm doing all the verses and the main melody parts. Billy comes in on the choruses and he's on the bridge and it's just, it makes it, I don't want to sound corny, but it's just, I, the song is so sentimental for me because it's it's me working with you and Billy again. And it's just like, it's yeah. just cool, man. It's, it's, we made this, we made this cool thing happen amidst the, the, the pandemic and, you know, not being in the same room, it, you know, music's still being made and hopefully it, it's going to continue to inspire people. Well, I'm, and I'm really, really, really glad that you opened the song the way you did with an actual piece of the original skin. oh right right because what that was i want to talk about that for a second because 
that's my little contribution to the writing of that piece. Awesome. Uh, you know, other than just the drum beat, I, that was something that, that I brought to the table. I was, we were all working at the zoo, at Zoo Atlanta. Me, the singer, and the bass player, right? Nick didn't have to work. <laughs> the rest of us did. <laughs> I love I love it. Well, I mean, not that he wasn't working, man. He was working his tail off trying to make sure the band man, was... Man, you talk about a laser being focused dude. Woo! Mm. So I was... Uh, I had, there was a lot of free time where I worked between customers. And so I was always bringing books in and I had this one about, uh, spiritual songs. Right. And I found that melody. I don't remember the words, but that melody was written out and I was like, Oh, that sounds really good. You know, the whoa section, Yeah, that melody. And so, I say, is there any way we can put this in there? And we ended up harmonizing it. And I usually, I had gone to school for, you know, at that point for a couple of years. And so I understood harmony. And so I was able to write some of the harmonies. And then. That's so cool, man. I didn't know that that you had brought that to the table for the tune, which makes me even more, it's almost even more serendipitous that that is ending up on the record. We never had a discussion about that. That's so cool. And we didn't know what to do with it musically, right? So we had these, whoa, 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 right? And everybody had their parts. What are we going to do with it musically? So we decided, okay, let's let this thing, let's let a note drone. And then I'm going to do something on the drums. And what I, it was supposed to be like a chain gang. Because like I said, it was, this was like a, a spiritual yeah. book um, from the slave. Yeah. Era. And I was like, okay this is what we're talking about and we're on a chain gang and, and it's, it's a limp. So it's, it's supposed to be the drum beat that I'm playing was supposed to sort of emulate this sort of never ending trudgery, trudging. Yeah. Yeah. Ripping every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that, was, that was what we were, what I was going for. And they, they were cool with that. And it became a real big, part of the song yeah such a killer part of the tune glad you put it in there that's so cool man i didn't know that that's that's awesome so um talk to me a little bit about um like when when you recorded the tune this has kind of been a theme of of these interviews we we get into the um the arts and sciences of it all and and would love to hear about you know some more maybe about gear and recording process specific to the tune if you can remember that Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right here is where it happened. That's the kit. This very configuration, I believe. I think I actually had one more symbol over here on the other okay. side. And um, I still have my hi-hat mic. Nice. Under snare mic that I think I think you requested. And I just like, yep. yeah, leave that up. Yeah. But this exact configuration, I set it up for this interview. Beautiful. Uh, but, and that's a that is a Yamaha. What what kit is that? So that is a Yamaha Maple Custom 30th anniversary. Nice. Um, there's a there's a there's an interesting story behind it. If anybody is interested, but um, we can talk about that later. The but the tracking, um, yeah. I my philosophy was okay. What it always is. Let me let me work on this track for a couple of weeks. Amidst everything else I'm working on, I'm going to put the primary amount of time, the most amount of time primarily focusing on this song. 
So I'd come down here and work for hours and just make sure that it felt to me as good as it used to feel in skin deep. Yep. And it took a couple of weeks of daily shed, hmm. get it a where it felt like to me it needed to be, but also B to accommodate the, the new twists and turns. Yeah. Cause it, cause it went a little bit, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't help but be influenced, right. By, by the slightly different direction. So. Absolutely. And, and it was wonderful. I loved it. So, uh, you know, and I, as usual would, would, uh, I didn't want to leave too I'm one of those drummers that doesn't like to leave a whole lot of things to chance, especially when it's going down for posterity. Yeah. So I worked out a couple of go-to ideas for fills and I would maybe make a, a switch decision and, you know, in spur of the moment as to which one I wanted to play. Yeah. With. But a lot of that stuff I like to get worked out in advance. Um, there's probably some in, in improvisationalists out there that, that hate to hear that, but uh, oh. I'm, not, I'm not mad at them at all. I, no, I, man, it's, you know, there's, there's different appointed times for these things. I have such respect for, for guys that can just mm -hmm. literally sit down and just play whatever and it be nailed every time. I'm not one of those guys. I have to work things out and yeah. I, I need to feel comfortable and understand where I'm going and again, why I'm going there. And so, uh, and so when it came time to track, I brought my buddy Eric Lee over. Eric, thank you so much. For <laughs> he engineered the session here at the console, and it's it's like it's right here. I mean, literally, cool. there's glass. It's just you know everything's in the same room. And as far as like what's going on microphone wise, it's it's what you would expect. It's basic stuff. D one twelve in the kick, fifty mm sevens -hmm. all the way around. Yeah, all reliables. Including on, including on the hi-hat and then some old crown CM 700s up top, not even hmm. like the best in the world, but I did a shot. I, I did a shootout between these guys and some road mics and earthworks and, and uh, even published some of those findings. Cause I wanted to get other people's input and they were like, okay, none of them sound as good as those cheap ones. Keep using the cheap ones. And I'm like, all right, cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I use a, basically a close mic, technique as far as where where the mic is positioned and then i like the um i think they call it the recorder man am i getting that right the recorder man setup with the overheads i think so yeah yeah we talked about that i remember yeah uh, i i am a firm I, that was such an ear opening shall we yeah, say yeah yeah uh and and all that is for anybody that doesn't know um it's it's an equidistant you're able to place the mics equidistant both from the kick and the snare. And the way that works is you just do what I did. You just tie a string or you tape a string to the middle of the kick, right where the beater hits it. And, and it, you know, nice long enough to, to come all the way up to the ceiling and then back down to the middle of the snare. And then you pull that tight so that you've got a, a, basically a triangle between kick snare. And then this, when you pull the string tight up here, and you basically just use that and you place the right mic at one apex. Again, both both being tight, you place the left. Okay. So now you know that both of these mics are equidistant from both the kick and the snare, which centers them and it makes it sound amazing. And then you still have a stereo spectrum. Some people don't like it. I, I could not believe how much better just the overheads sounded yeah yeah 
I will never not do it that way unless somebody de- de- demands that yeah, I do it. Sure, sure. It's so fascinating how the, the subtleties of, of recording and, and mic placement and close miking versus, you know, larger, larger distances and, and stuff like that. And, and I'm, I, I'm always, always learning from, from people who, no matter if they're engineers or, or just, you know, musicians or instrumentalists, you know, why they, they do what they do, because, you know, to, to your point, as long as it, there's a reason why there's something they're going for, they're getting a predictable result from. And I, I love knowing about that and, uh, and learning from that. I'm That's just glad, cool. I'm glad you, I'm glad you found the tracks, you know, fat enough and you, oh, yeah. with right tones, you know? Yeah. You know, the, the drums, I, I said this a million times, you know, in, in my humble opinion, the, the drums are the most important elements in, in, in the recording, like the integrity of the drum tracks, they have to be great. If I feel like, you could have great drum tracks and slightly compromised, uh, you know, recording of the other instruments still have the track sound powerful and dynamic. On the other hand, if you've got really poorly recorded drum tracks and you've got, you know, uh, the pristine recording of the other instruments, I still think the rec- recording is going to struggle. And I am very much like a bottom up thinker when it comes to how I engineer, how I mix, um, it's it's so important it's just it's it's such a pleasure working with cats like you who they they know their gear they're not just like scratching their go oh, i guess i put this here i guess i'll put this here like there's there's a reason for what you do because you know it, how to get your sound and you know that makes my job so much easier there's nothing worse than getting tracks from someone and and you feel like you have to re-engineer everything that went down, you know, and, and it's just, it's a, it takes a lot of time. And sometimes it's not completely redeemable depending on, on how it was done. So, so thank you, sir, for, <laughs> for the quality that, that, that you, you provided. That's, that's awesome. Not a problem. Happy to, happy to have contributed, man. Yeah. Just uh, kind of jumping back sort of uh, to a, uh, to a side a, a point uh, to, to the side of something you were, you're speaking about before. When, when do you feel like you, you realized like you had your own voice, like when you discovered your voice on, on the drums, do you remember when that, when that was like, did you hit a point where it's like, I finally have figured out my, my own identity um, because you like everybody else on this, on this album, I could, I can have my eyes closed. Someone could play me the track that you're on. I'm like, yeah, that's Tom. I mean, what, when did you get to that? Do you remember getting to that place? And yeah, what it was? I do. I, I, I think I can pretty definitively say it would probably have been schizo. Okay, cool. Because yeah. Um, schizo, by the way, is for those who don't know, that's the, that's the opening track on, on my balance album that, that Tom is all over. Um, so that's, that's awesome, man. A bit too much. Um, I think I'm was still figuring out a few things. Uh, well, I'm always figuring out a few things. I don't even know why I said that in the past tense. Uh, still figuring out a few things, but definitely back then. And but I felt like, oh, okay. I think I know. I think I know what I want to do without being told. And you didn't really 
like you you could have easily complained (laughs) (laughs) what's all that crap over my solo yeah there's nothing to complain about all these weird you know be phrases but then there'd be these bizarre fills you know but they were my fills you know I, i felt like finally i wasn't copying someone and that would have been the first track that i was insanely proud of for for more than one reason i I was not just proud that i had pulled it off because and believe me that should have that could have been enough but i was proud that i had articulated these ideas you know and 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 that it worked they worked that track is um is held pretty closely to my heart uh and it's it's one that for whatever reason has connected with more people, more, more musicians uh, th- than I ever imagined. There, there's been more plays of that track, more shares of that track, and the um, like the, the the parts behind them that, than anything else that I'm aware of that I've that I've been a part of, and and I, I firmly believe you know your your drum part and you know the identity of everybody playing on that track is 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 the reason um it was very unique you know when it if i may say so i mean i felt like that was a unique track when it came out especially as an album opener because it, the the name fit it so well it it was very much like a jekyll and hyde kind of kind of tune and and regarding the drums it's like it starts out with this bombastic onslaught of like whoa where are we going kind of thing you know like the bass is is going nuts the drums are going nuts it's a lot of there's a lot of volume and and dynamics and then all of a sudden that ends and we transition into like a funk beat basically like a you know an up-tempo funk groove it's like oh here we are okay cool you know it's and and i love how the tune tells these different stories in that way and so much of it is because of the 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 rhythm section i think man i i remember when we went up to rochester and opened up for Weckles band. Oh yeah. And, Good times. Uh, I remember thinking there's no way as a drummer I'm going to be able to I mean, why am I here? <laughs> of course yeah. I'm you know I'm happy to happy to be on the gig and and, and but I I just remember feeling very self-conscious and uh insecure really. And you opened up the set with that song. And of course, when you're an opening act, you're right at the front. Of the- <laughs> uh, you know, like literally, we were in a line. There was no front. We were all front. Oh, no, that's right. <laughs> Bill Davis, I think, and uh-huh. and anyway, we were essentially the curtain of the stage. Is yes, right. We I mean, people were getting their hair blown back a little yeah. bit. By the kick drum wind right yeah. i mean that's how close we were and uh but we opened up you opened you decided to open up with schizo and right after that fill there's a there's a two-bar drum fill mm-hmm. another one i'm really really proud of and the audience went nuts and i was like oh we're doing good. Yeah. We're doing good. Okay. 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 Cool. <laughs> we, I have, I have, there's hope. Yeah. Right? Well, I, I like you, I mean, I was um, extremely nervous and, and intimidated if I'm honest, you know, it was, it was obviously an honor to be there, but you know, you're playing in front of your heroes and stuff and it's, 
and there was certainly was a sigh of relief when we were, you know, in a, when we got the affirmative sort of, you know, response and, um, and, you know, that was, that was the beginning or at the least the continuation of, you know, some, some developed relationships and, and friendships as, as well, you know, with, with, the, with that, with his band in, in particular, which was, which is another thing that is, is so cool. We got around to playing balance, uh, Weckle, you know, that's another thing too. Is I forgot to mention Weckle standing there watching. Uh huh. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was there, you know. Oh uh, yeah. We get we get to balance. He threw a towel at me, <laughs> and I knew immediately what that meant. Do you, you remember this? Yeah, he, I do now. Yeah. The towel on the floor, Tom, for that one part, that one section. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, I wish I had time to make that happen. Oh, man. It was a really cute moment. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I got you. I got you. That's cool. Well, yeah, needless to say, everybody, uh, you know, uh, Tom had won Dave Weckl's respect from, from the time he, he heard him play, as, as would be expected. But, um, you know, it's, it's. Oh, you're talking about me? I thought you were talking about Tom Kennedy. <laughs> oh man, no, I'm I'm talking about you. I, oh and, and wow! Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, uh, Tom Kennedy, you know, bass player idol of of mine, who who yeah. I got to who I got to know a, a lot better, and and I was I was really lucky. I got to sub for him for a while with with Dave's right. band, and oh, um, right. some of the Killed most it, exciting and scary days of my of my career, but um. But, I remember Weckle telling me after that that you just absolutely killed it. Oh well, God bless him for saying that. Yeah. I mean, it was it was scary at, at first, but he really they Dave made uh, Dave made me me feel you know confident. He was he was he was ne- he was always really kind and and nice and and um, yeah. um, you know encouraging, if you will. But um, awesome. but. Yeah, man, those that's that was a gig that uh, I did not have any time to prepare for, and it was it was very the way things went down was was very last minute. And um, when I got the the call from from Dave, it was it was like this is kind of an urgent situation. <laughs> Need you to come in, and so um, the, the my point of saying that is is the the scariest part about it was I didn't have time. I'm, I'm a, a player that loves to, I think you're like this too. You know, you like to memorize stuff Yeah. to where you, you don't, you're not distracted by having to read off the page. You're not distracted by having to kind of pay attention to two things at once. I mean, ultimately as musicians, you want to be able to interact spontaneously and, right. and know the music so well that it's automatic. Or just enjoy the moment. Even exactly. If you can just revel in what you're doing you know what i mean exactly so true man so with that with with the with the lack of time for preparation i had to go out there with with charts and they it was it was a kind of a running joke and uh, that we carried four music stands with us for me because the charts were so long and so elaborate, everything was written out. These are bass parts written by a keyboard player, you know, and 
And man, I got to tell you, I was sweating bullets, but, um, but but so grateful. And, and, you know, there's, there's experiences like, like that, that um, I know you relate to. It's like, you know, you're, you're working with an artist for the first time and, Yep. You know, it's it's exciting, but sometimes it's nerve wracking, right? I mean, if, if you you've been in well, situations that, like that, that last minute thing, isn't that just how it always is? It feels right? like it always ends up that yeah. way. Yeah, there's never there's never enough time to prepare, and so yeah, you just hope that what you've accumulated thus far is enough. Yeah, and you know what? Thankfully, it it has been. Yeah. The thing with you, though, that's that I've always admired as well is um, Tom. Tom could read Fly Dookie. I mean, you you man, you are an amazing reader. I am an average reader at, at, at best. Is a lot of people say that with the reading thing, if you don't start super young, it doesn't, it doesn't come as, as easily. But for me, I, I didn't get serious about reading until I was in, in college, man. And I remember it at Georgia state university, uh, Gordon, what's up? Um, locking myself in the, uh, in the practice rooms after big band, after being humiliated in Mm. big band, not getting lost in the charts because my reading was not good enough for me to stay on the page part of the time. And I was, that was all, that was all the fire I needed lit to, to make me go. I don't ever want to feel like this again. I don't ever want to be embarrassed again. And then I would just practice, practice for hours reading. Gordon was, uh, he was our band director, Gordon Vernick, um, amazing musician, uh, grateful for his, yeah, man, grateful for his mentorship, but you weren't supposed to take the, the charts out of the, out of the, um, rehearsal hall you're supposed to anyone who doesn't know in in college like the the deal is you know you have you have big band practice you you go to big band you go to the little library stack you take your charts out you know and you go put them in front and then you do class you put them back and you leave you're not really supposed to take them out gordon recognized my desire to want to do well he let me take the charts as long as i want he trusted me to go bring him back which was a big deal it sounds like it's not a big deal but that's not something everybody would would necessarily let you do they might just say hey study on your own time these charts don't leave for me it was a really big deal but man you've you've always been a great reader oh well first of all thank you i i uh i definitely had my my moments of of where are we in the chart? Don't, don't get it. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> it does happen. But I will say this, um, you know, when I first started playing drums in the sixth grade was when it started, I started band in the fourth grade as a clarinet player. Oh, I didn't know that. Fourth huh. grade, fifth grade, I was a clarinet player, wanted to play drums, but they wouldn't let you play drums. Uh, cause every kid wanted to play drums. <laughs> so I played through, uh, I, my first two years in band as a clarinet player and I got pretty good at it, you know? Um, but it wasn't, I didn't feel it in my heart. Right. I still wanted to play drums. So when sixth grade came around, um, and they said, okay, do you want to switch? I was like, yes. And my grandparents immediately enrolled me into private lessons with a guy named Sherwood Mobley at, DeKalb College. 
and uh, he was my very first drum teacher. And I still have upstairs the handwritten manuscript of all of his lessons. Oh, so cool. Oh my God. He tailored the lessons to where I was as a, as a drummer. And, and there are some funky, funky beats in there, man. Mm. Amazing that it took me so long to feel what he was very clearly trying to Mm. inject by playing all those years ago. But when I, when I read this stuff now, I'm like, this is still golden. And uh, and I was also also reading, uh, you know, some hand technique books. So he was very well rounded. It was, you know, drum set, rudimental and philosophy Mm. all 30 minutes every single week. So that's that's the reason that I was able to read is because I was lucky. I had, you know, some grandparents who were willing to shell out the the money because my parents couldn't afford that stuff. They could really afford the snare drum. Yeah. By the way, I didn't have a drum set yet. I was having to just kind of do this, you know, to practice his drum set material. So I looked forward to lessons because I'd finally get to hit hit real drums. Yeah. Um, Gosh, but, that's so real quick. That's so funny. When I started, my my parents started me on classical piano. It was my first formal or private lesson stuff. We didn't have a piano. I our the method books that that she assigned. They had little. At the bottom, the little piano keyboard graphic. I was practicing on the graphic, and like you, I didn't get to play a piano unless I went to my piano lesson. It's so funny you said that, right? And so you know, you just make do. And um, but I will say that um, I grew rather dependent on it. I'm going to kind of say a version of what I said before, um, where. I, I got dependent on the sheet music. And so if there wasn't sheet music, for example, any jazz pickup gig, right? It's all real book stuff. Yeah. Man, make a real book for drums, right? It, and at the time I'm like, how come the, why don't we have, you know, why don't you? I didn't realize, you know, um, that in that genre, there's very little, they're not trying to tell the drummer what to do. Yeah. You need to study the masters and I had not done that. And I was, once again, what do I do? Who am I as a drummer? You know, part, part of this is the fact that it's new, but the other part of it is I had grown accustomed to having something tell me what to do. And what do you do now when that thing is not there? Yeah. And that was, you know, again, this is not to disparage formal education and learning how to read. That is not it. I don't want anybody taking that out of context. Sure. sure. But I, it, there, there is a, there's another side to it. And it's all about balance, right? You, you know, so what I tried to do as an instructor, I was an instructor at the Atlanta Institute of Music for 21 years. What I tried to do is make that connection every class. I want you to be able to read and I want you to be able to execute, but I want you to be able to feel and I want you to be able to understand and I want you to be able to construct when this isn't here because of how I felt like I couldn't do for a really long time. Yeah. And that's so awesome. Tom, if, if, um, if people want to get in touch with you, either um, just to, you know, a- ask you questions about drumming, maybe they want to study with you or get, I don't know, I'm not sure if you're doing lessons now, but, or if they want to hire you to, to play on, on tracks, what, what's the best way for, for people to reach out to you? Oh man, I, I got a Gmail account, Tom Knight drums. It's real simple. Okay. You know? I don't have really have a formal website. I know I should. How how 1970s of me? Oh no, that's cool. That's hey, everybody's got a website. That's all cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I've been thinking about starting a YouTube channel uh, with that email address and okay. got some good feedback about that, but um, I, I don't know. Okay. We'll see, but, but yeah, feel free to reach out Tom Knight drums at gmail.com. Cool. We'll put that on, on in, in the video for, for people to see um, to, before we finish up, is there, is there anything that you want to share with anyone uh, that, that you're doing or have coming up or any, any place you want to invite them to check out? Um, let's see. Uh, I, my, well, my primary focus now that I'm done with college, I, I should mention, uh, I finished finally that bachelor's degree that I started at Georgia State. Oh, dude, congrats. Thank you. Yes. And it, it, November 23rd. Dude, amazing. Day of class. That's or, great. Uh, or maybe that was my first day off. I don't remember. Anyway, it took me 25 months to complete it, but um, I did it. You know, yeah, and that's that's amazing. That's so now it's, I, took, I took the rest of the year off and now I'm I'm, uh, I'm trying to bone up on some uh, auxiliary skills and um, and seeing what kind of additional money I can make from that. So that's taking up some time. But uh, I don't know why I said that. You asked where people could go or or, or, or no, you asked what to discuss anything that I'm doing or where they. Yeah, no, you yeah, didn't so say just want to share anything with anybody. I got, I got lost in my own. That's all right. Railed train of thought there. Um, I would say that, that if you're interested uh, in, in any of the things that I'm doing now, I'm putting a lot of effort into um, the fitness YouTube and Instagram and somewhat Facebook. And where can they, where can they find that? So I finally got my custom URL cool. at, at YouTube. You know, you got to jump through all these hoops, but it's just, if you just start search for tighten up your game, it's, there it is. Yeah, tighten sweet. Um, there is a website, tightenupyourgame.com. Okay. That's the that's the name of the channel, both uh, for YouTube and Instagram, well, and Facebook as well. Slash, right? Uh, tighten up your game. And so um, that's where I'm focusing a lot of my energy right now. Uh, if anybody wants to check that out, absolutely, man. Yeah, that's. I'm sure there's going to be lots of people want to see what you're doing there, and and. Uh, yeah. We'll be inspired by that for, for sure. So cool. 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 Awesome, man. Tom, thank you so much. It, it's been thank so you. great having you and, and, um, and thank you for all the, man, you're sharing your gifts and talents, uh, you know, on these records throughout the years. It's, it's, it's just, it's so awesome to, to reconnect with you on this, on this album. And, um, yeah, yeah look forward to doing more and, and, you know, everybody check Tom out and, um, check out check out his his discography and and he's uh he's quite he's he's quite a uh man of the world and that he's just it just seems like whatever you pick up you it turns to gold man you, you figure it out and master it <laughs> so thank you i i'm, I'm certainly trying yeah certainly. man well cool man well god bless you and your family and um yeah Look forward to, to seeing you again, man. Have a great rest of the day. You too. See you later. Bye-bye.